Blessed be your name in a land that is plentiful, where streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. Though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. Blessed be your name, when the sun's shining down on me, when the world's all as it should be, blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. On a road marked with suffering, though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name. You give and take away, you give and take away, my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You give and take away, you give and take away, my heart will choose to say, Lord, blessed be your name. You Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. To see you high and lifted up. To see you shining in the light of your glory. Lord, pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy. You are Holy, holy, holy. 
There we go. Good morning. Okay, I know. Yeah, okay, good. Welcome to Preston Crest. I am Stephen Miller, one of the elders here. It's just great to see everyone here this morning. We are thankful that each of you have chosen to worship with us this morning. Preston Crest is a dynamic community of believers of Jesus Christ who worships the Father in spirit and truth. As we do each week, we'd ask our members and registered visitors and returning guests to please text the word CHECK-IN to 469-476-5331 as it lets us know who has joined us, whether you're here in person or virtually. Over the past several weeks, Preston Crest has seen many new faces who have visited our congregation. We are blessed by your presence and we hope that you'll give us a chance to get to know you following service. We would love for you to join this community in pursuing passion for God and compassion for others. If you happen to be a first time member, excuse me, visitor, please take an attendance card from the pew back in front of you and take it, fill it out and take it back to the information desk where we have a gift showing our gratitude for your presence. Before we pray, hear these words from Ephesians 1:18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Let's pray. Father, thank you for our time this morning where we can praise you for all you have done and will do in our lives. We pray that we will see the world through your eyes, that we will become more aware of how blessed we are to be your children. We thank you for providing a great hope and the future inheritance you promise us through our obedience to you. We thank you, Father, for showing us your unconditional love in all circumstances, as well as your grace and mercy for our shortcomings. Father, I just want to thank you for Preston Crest, for all the members, the staff, the ministers, the families, and the children who serve and worship here, and bless those in our community locally and abroad. Father, I just want to pray that you will bless the Telling the Story conference that will be happening this weekend, and for all the speakers as they teach us, as well as the recipients of their messages on how to be more bold and powerful in sharing the good news of your son. Father, we know our, hear our, you hear our cries in our times of need. There are so many who are dealing with difficult circumstances in their lives this morning. We ask you to heal those who are in the hospital or rehab facilities, recovering at home, dealing with cancer or other chronic illnesses, as well as other health-related matters. We also lift up those who are incurring financial difficulties, looking for employment, having relational conflicts, those who are lonely or isolated, and those who have, are grieving from recent loss. Father, we are also mindful of the senseless acts of violence and injustices across our country over the past several weeks. We pray and know that justice will be served in all these situations, but Father, the byproduct has yielded so much hate and divisiveness. We pray for unity. We pray for peace, and we pray for harmony with each other as we continue to heal during these times. Now, Father, I pray that you will bless this worship as we honor and praise you for being the God that continually loves us, provides for us, and gives us the tremendous hope we have through your promises, blessings, and through your Son. It's through Jesus' name we offer this prayer. Amen. Thank you, Stephen. Church, let's stand and let's sing this morning. Every blessing you pour, I turn. 
be seated, please. As we enter into our time of communion, we're going to sing one more song, and then uh, Matt Mastalka is going to come and lead us this morning around the bread and the cup. You get you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that's broken, and bring a new hope, it's your I'm going to read a scripture, something that's always helped me get my heart uh, set in the right place uh, for communion. Uh, it's from Romans chapter 5, 6 through 11. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows us his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, 
much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the grace and mercy which has restored us through your Son. Thank you for giving us a seat at your table. As we take the bread representing Christ's body, let us take it in celebration and with joy in our hearts. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. now for the cup. Father, as we take this cup, we again look to the cross. Christ came not to be served, but to serve. Now we come sanctified in his blood, grateful for that service which has forgiven our sins. Thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
if you came this morning prepared to give an offering, you can drop that offering in the box in the middle of our foyer. If you're giving online, uh, we, we will add uh, World Care to that option for your giving as well. In addition to our regular giving, today is a fifth Sunday, and that typically means World Care. And Lance Atchison is going to come and share with us a little bit more about what this World Care offering is going to be going to. Lance. Good morning, to see you all this morning. So on behalf of the Executive Missions Committee, I'm here to share with you the world care needs that we have designated uh, for this Sunday's world care. All the uh, funds collected through this world care donation will be diverted to these funds for these one-time needs, and any funds collected above the needs of these will be distributed to other one-time needs as determined by the Missions Committee and the elders. So on screen or in your bulletin, you will see the works we've identified and highlighted uh, for this Sunday. We have Hope for Haiti's Children, and this will fund the needs of several orphanages in Port-au-Prince. The French African Christian Education, which will fund the distribution of Bibles to French African uh, speaking areas in Africa. We have the Naperville Church of Christ, which will supplement the work they're doing with children in uh, India. And our final work, which we've chosen to highlight today, is Denise Zolotarov. Denise is a missionary in Ukraine, and Preston Crest provides partial support to Denise in conjunction with the Broken Arrow Church of Christ in Oklahoma. On screen, you'll see some pictures scrolling through about Denise and his work. You'll probably see a picture of his family, his wife, Yulia, son, Pavel, and their daughter, Yelena. Denise and Yulia grew up in the orphanage in Mariupol, Deborah and I both had the opportunity to work with him when Preston Crest supported us as missionaries many years ago. Denise graduated from the Ukrainian Bible Institute, and upon completion of that, he moved uh, north of the capital to do church planning in Arpin. As many of you know, the world has changed in Ukraine on February 24th with a Russian invasion. And as Russian troops advanced toward Kyiv, Arpin was in its direct path. Denise's ministry quickly changed from church planting to refugee evacuation, humanitarian aid, and ensuring individuals who could not escape um, could. I can personally vouch he helped my own children's biological grandmother escape. All that, he continued to drive to the Western Front, the borders, to bring aid to those who needed it. Now, as you know, as the war began, many Ukrainians have become refugees throughout Europe, and this is true of Denise's family. On March 4th, 2022, he took his family to the border near Poland and said goodbye. They fled into Poland and later into Croatia to seek safety. All the while, Denise remained and continued to run humanitarian aid into the hot zones, which is very dangerous, obviously. And as we approach the war mark on this, uh, or the year mark on this war, many Ukrainians who have sought refugee in Europe and other places are struggling, and this is true of Denise's family, as funds and resources allocated to that are beginning to dwindle. So part of this world care contribution will be routed to the Broken Arrow Church of Christ, specifically to Denise's family, as his request, to ensure that he has the opportunity to provide for the basic needs of his wife and children, all the while he stays in a war zone 
bringing humanitarian and other aid to individuals in need. It is our hope that this small donation will provide Denise some comfort to make sure his family's basic needs are taken care of while he remains doing the work of saving others that are less fortunate and can't get out. So on behalf of the committee, we thank you for your support. And as John Scott mentioned, you can contribute online or in the boxes or mail a check to the church. Please write World Care Memo in the memo section. We thank you for your consideration for these. And we thank you for being such a generous church to support not only our everyday needs, but these specific needs that come up during our World Care contributions. Let us pray for these works. Father God, thank you for being our Father. Thank you for loving and caring for us. We thank you for the many blessings you provide each and every day. And as we gather today, we pray you open our hearts to be generous. You have given us so much, and we are so grateful. As we hear the stories of these works, we pray you allow us to be joyous in our giving and never forget that all we have is yours. We pray for these specific works that contributions received will glorify you and benefit these ministries. We pray for the orphans in Haiti. May these funds feed and clothe them. We pray for the French African Christian education. That these funds will help distribute Bibles across, across French-speaking Africa to share the good news of Jesus Christ and bring more souls to your kingdom. We pray for the Naperville Church of Christ and their work with children in India and that these funds will bless those children. We pray for Denise Zolotarov. May you keep him and his family safe, as well as the thousands impacted by this war. We pray you intervene with a swift resolution to, being, to bring peace to Ukraine. Thank you, Lord, for all you do and all you are. Use us as vessels to glorify you. In him we pray, amen. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Well, it's finally here. After months and months of planning, Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference is next weekend. I cannot thank enough the planning committee and all of the hours that were spent planning for this conference, but we wanted to give you just a brief video one more time detailing for you what you can expect next weekend when you arrive here at the Preston Crest Church of Christ for this conference. Everything will begin Friday night at 7 p.m. with a powerful message from Shelton Gibbs III. Saturday morning begins early with coffee and fellowship at 8.15 a.m. Classes will run all day Saturday with a keynote presentation from Dr. David Duncan from the Memorial Church of Christ in Houston Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. A catered lunch and dinner will be provided with your registration. On Sunday morning, Dr. Bruce McClarty, former president of Harding University, will preach both services, and five of the Saturday classes will be retaught with great classes and great teachers like John DeSteiger, the president of Oklahoma Christian University, and Dr. Steve Clover. When you arrive, you will receive a program providing locations for all of the classes. Child care is provided. Everything has been planned. All we need is you and your presence and your heart. May God be blessed and glorified, and may you be encouraged through the Telling the Story Church Growth and Evangelism Conference. We can't wait to see you.
Well, if you haven't heard, no pun intended, if you haven't heard, we are having an evangelism conference here at Preston Crest. I know that catches you by surprise. But it is beginning this weekend, Friday evening at 7 o'clock p.m. I don't want to repeat everything in the video. I know we're short for time. I want to respect that. I do want to thank the eldership for graciously believing in this project and for many volunteers who have helped plan this event. Many hours have been spent since last summer, and I know that many of you will offer your time this weekend in serving the conference, and we thank you for that. When you do get here Friday evening or Saturday morning, there will be tables right outside these doors, a welcome table, and at that time, please check in so we know that you're here, and you can also pick up your lunch and dinner tickets if you have registered for the meals. If you do plan to use child care, we would ask that you follow normal procedure and protocols for security, checking in your children into the children's wing. As of this morning, we have 635 people registered for this conference. We praise God for that. That's all to his glory. We would like to reach 700 people by the end of the day. So if you have not registered and you plan to attend, please go ahead and do that so we can prepare accordingly. Just for a point of clarification, people have asked me this several times. You don't have to choose one track of classes. You can move around through the day. You aren't registering for the classes. And also on Sunday morning, most of our Preston Crest classes will meet normal locations, normal times. Four of those classes will be repeated. That's changed since the video. Four will be repeated. I'll give you that information at the conference, but don't think my Bible class isn't meeting next Sunday because it will. We thank you for your cooperation, participation, for your prayers. Please pray for this conference. Most of all, that God would be glorified. This is all for him and that the kingdom will be encouraged. Thank you very much. Church, let's stand. We're going to send kids on up to Children's Church. And Craig, I'm calling an audible here. Let's just sing this chorus of this next song a couple of times through, all right? Let's, uh, let's sing stronger. You are stronger, you are stronger. Good morning, church. I have been asked before Gordon comes up to give us a wise word this morning to get everybody super pumped with a bunch of budget talk. So here we go. So we start a new year. I want to give you a recap of our ending 2023 financial position as well as a brief overview of the 
uh, I'm sorry, ending 2022 financial position as well as a brief overview of the 2023 Good Works Plan. First, I want to recognize and thank the members of the Budget Committee for their time and energy in working with the elders, staff, ministry leaders in developing this plan. The members of this committee are Chris McLean, James Tipton, Terry Hooten, Jeremy Hammett, and Teresa Holifield. Now, while we are discussing a financial budget today, it needs to be stressed that the church is not a professional organization. It is a ministry. It is a spiritual ministry with one head, Jesus Christ. We don't rely on these financial resources to sustain the ministry. Rather, we rely on Jesus, its founder, to sustain this ministry. The financial resources are simply tools given to us to support the ministry. Now, understanding this fact, each of us determines what portion of God's blessings we will return to him. There are two factors associated with our giving. First, there is our individual capacity, and second is our individual willingness. Our capacity is determined by God and is measured simply by the resources he has given us. However, our willingness is a personal choice, and that which measures our faith in God and our heart for his work. So in a year that many of us have continued to have our capacity impacted by world events, the willingness of this congregation to give to Christ's ministry remained strong. Our recurring contributions for 2022 were $4.46 million, which allowed us to fund all of our operating requirements, our capital-related items, and one-time needs throughout the year. Staff and ministry leaders have done a thoughtful job at controlling expenditures well below the 22 expense budget. This has allowed us to build reserves for future needs of this congregation. God has blessed us with financial capacity, and the heart of this church is shown by its willingness to support his mission. The elder staff and ministry leaders strive to be very thoughtful and responsible with God's resources. Thank you for your continued support of Preston Crest's vision to have passion for God and compassion for people. So as you can see on the screen and in your bulletin today, we have summarized the 2023 Good Works Plan from a financial resources need perspective. So our contribution, plan, uh, contribution goal for 23 is $4.4 million, which is in line with the contributions received in 22. Along with this contribution goal, the approved expenditure budget for 23 is $4.19 million, which is a 4.5% increase from the 22 expense budget. This year's budget includes additional funding for missions, our upcoming evangelism conference, as well as funding inflationary lift in our expenses and additional support for our facilities. Our current debt level remains at zero, and we have been able to build reserves as financial cushion and flexibility for the future. If we meet our contribution goal for 23, the approved expenditure budget leaves us a little over $200,000 to fund additional ministry opportunities if they are so presented. So the elders, staff, ministry leaders, and budget committee worked hard to create a budget that was both reasonable and responsible to meet our obligations for this year. Again, I want to reiterate that our contribution goal replicates the actual contributions over the last couple of years. 
The elders remain focused on being very prudent with the financial resources of the church and strive to be purposeful with our ministries for the future. The elders ask that you will spend this week in prayer, considering what your financial commitment for the works of this church will be in 23. You can memorialize your willingness and commitment with electronic purpose cards as described on the screen and in today's bulletin. So the elders believe that regular giving is a, an important part of each member's role in our support of Christ's ministry. This commitment is not simply a budgetary decision. It is rather a crucial spiritual willingness that each of us is called to make. It is strongly tied to each individual's faith in God and his purposes. We feel strongly that giving prayerful consideration to this commitment as well as signing a purpose card reinforces the personal significance of each member's pledge. If you by chance have any specific questions about the 23 Good Works Plan, you may ask any of the elders or a member of the budget committee. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, Paul gave the following guidance to the early Corinthian church. On the first day of every week, each of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Well, my hope is that we will respond to Christ's ministry and the Preston Crest congregation in 23 through the volunteering of our time and expending of our energy and resources with the same attitude of love that Christ has shown us through his example. We pray that this good works plan reconciles with Christ's holy ministry. Thank you very much. Thank you, Don. Do you need help with this? That would be awesome if you could set it back over here. Thank you so much. Don, you are an incredible hype man. I mean, they are full of energy now after, after that presentation. I mean, this church is a, it's a giving church. And I mean, I think that's reflected there. And I love the aggressive ministry, helping people, serving God. I love it. Uh, so I'm excited about what's going to happen. But yeah, it's you guys responding in faith. And uh, let's see what God does here this year. So my hand, I mean, you don't need story time. I was skiing this week, and suddenly I wasn't skiing, and, uh, and it hurt, and my shoulder hurt, and Isla said, wait, you got a big bruise on your leg this morning, so I'm still finding new places that hurt, but I'm here, and praise God, we're, we're okay, and going to be okay. Um, so we're, st we're back in our Walk-In Wisdom series. Why would we spend so much time talking about wisdom? Uh, it's really not that complicated. Uh, I want to be wise. I want you to be wise because wise decisions are better than unwise decisions. Uh, wise thinking is better than unwise thinking. Wise relationships better than unwise relationships. In fact, in any measure, in any metric, uh, wise is always preferable to unwise. And God, we know this, God wants us to be wise. In fact, a lot of times when we pray, we're not sure, is this really God's will or not? Uh, does, does God really want me to find a prettier girlfriend? Does God really want me to have a promotion at work? Does God really want me to have more money or whatever you name it? But when I pray for wisdom, I know this is something I'm praying that is in alignment with God. And so James says in James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, uh, I would raise my hand if I could. I can get it up about this high. Um, if any of you lacks wisdom, uh, ask God 
God who gives generously to all without reproach, and what? It will be given to him. So I know this prayer, when I ask this prayer, it's going to be answered. Uh, Some of the other things I ask of God, in his wisdom, he declines not to give me. But when I ask for wisdom, he gives me more wisdom. Uh, There are loads of things we ask from God. We need to be asking God for wisdom. And that's essentially what this series is. Um, We're just gathering, and during this message series, we're going to Scripture, and we're going to God, really, and saying, God, help us, inform us, deepen us in terms of wisdom. So we've talked about the Bible. You know, think about that food pyramid, or better yet, that wisdom pyramid. You know, the things at the bottom you need more of, the things at the top, maybe you need some, but just a little bit, Uh, and we need a lot of Bible. We need a lot of Scripture. We need the community of faith. Uh, We need books and literature and art and beauty and nature and maybe even some things that we can get off the internet and social media. But what happens is we flip it upside down and we rarely go to the Bible talking generally about our culture. We're rarely opening the Word of God which is reliable and trustworthy and it's foundational to wisdom. We flip it upside down and we spend all of our time looking at our notifications and our updates and our threads on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And so we're not growing wise. I think we see the impacts of this all around us in our culture, of this uh, deprivation, of this starvation in our wisdom diet, this lack of nutrition, if you will. Um, Now, I have heard this for years and years, and I bet you've heard this too, from someone that says they never feel closer to God than when they are in nature, When they see a sunrise, when they're at the beach, when they're in the mountains, they never feel closer to God than when they look up at the night sky. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. In fact, that makes total sense. You know, when I feel closest to Monet, uh, Monet is my wife's favorite painter. When I feel closest to Monet is when I'm looking at a Monet. When I feel closest to Maya Angelou, when I'm listening to one of her poems, When I'm in nature, I feel closer to God because nature is his masterpiece. It's his creation. And scripture itself, that foundation of our wisdom pyramid, instructs us to look at nature, to listen to nature, to think about what messaging we are supposed to receive from God's creation. Proverbs 3 says this, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. We're now talking about the natural world. By wisdom, he founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the deeps broke open and the clouds dropped down like dew. My son, what? Do not lose sight of these. Do not lose sight of these things in the natural world, in God's creation. Keep sound wisdom and discretion And they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Keep them close. And so the Bible, again, 100% reliable. Foundation for our wisdom diet. The Bible itself points out into nature and says, listen to what God's creation has to tell you. And just a few examples. I mean, there's so many. Proverbs chapter 6, we're supposed to consider the ant, that tiny little ant. You sluggard, you lazy person. Look at how industrious, how active, how busy, how well organized. Uh, We learn 
about wisdom from the ant. Uh, We're told in Job chapter 12, we're told to look at the birds, we're told to look at the bushes, we're told to look at the beasts, we're told to look at the fish of the sea and, and be informed by nature. We're told they will, quote, they will teach you. Isn't that interesting? Psalm chapter 19. Oh, we're not moving through here, are we? So we're on the third one now. Psalm chapter 19 uh, says this, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. So we've got this speech that's coming from heaven, from the sky. Day to day pours out speech. So we're, we're listening, we're learning about God's glory. And when we learn about God's glory, we also, when we learn about ourselves as well. Um, so, uh, Isaiah 6.3 is so interesting. I never thought about it until this week in terms of this pointing to nature. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The what? The whole earth is full of his glory. And so, yeah, when you feel closer to God, out there, outside, outdoors, you're supposed to, right? Um, By the way, Jesus himself, what a great masterful teacher. He was always pointing to things that people could see and observe in the natural world. He said, consider the ravens, Luke chapter 12. He considered, consider the lilies, he said. He said, consider, in Matthew chapter 10, he said, consider the sheep, consider the wolves, consider the serpents, consider the doves. Um, So he was always pointing to things in nature and saying, observe, consider, learn from what God has built into the world. Grow wise from those things. And so, according to the Bible itself, the natural world is a great teacher of wisdom. It's not the only teacher, it's not the best teacher, but it is a great teacher of wisdom. Now, let's pause and just acknowledge, we don't worship nature Okay? We don't worship the sun or the stars. Other cultures have done that over the centuries. We don't worship nature. We worship the creator of the creation. Creation for us points to someone greater, our God. Uh, by the way, and I think you'll resonate with this. I did this week. I was just reading experts talking about us today, 2023, about how we are so connected to technology, you know, always looking at a screen that we have become disconnected from nature, and there are consequences of that. We're kind of losing ourselves as we become more absorbed in our screens, and even now, a lot of our interactions with, air quotes, nature are really looking at nature on a screen, on a show, on a home screen, right? Um, Peter Kahn of University of Washington says technology is good. I would agree with that. It can help us with our lives. But let's not be fooled into thinking that we can live without nature. We are losing, this is the important word, direct. We're losing direct experiences. By the way, I had a very direct experience with nature a few days ago. Um, We are losing direct experiences with nature. Instead, more and more, we're experiencing nature represented technologically through television and other media. 
Oh, isn't that a beautiful sunset as I stare at my screen? Oh, look at, the, look at those gazelles leaping through the, the, you know, the African, you know, wherever. I don't know. I mean, we're, we're looking at stuff all the time on little screens, but we're getting disconnected from nature. Um, and that comes with a price. That's what we're seeing. It comes with a price. Um, so what can we learn from nature? Let's start big, and we'll work into smaller things. Big. Um, getting outside of town at night, away from the lights, the man-made lights. Uh, I, bet, I bet we've all had this experience. You get a few miles outside of town, and you can see the sky at night like you could never see in town. Lit up with all of those stars. It's incredible when we get a chance to do that. And the Bible says that view, the heavens, they declare the glory of God. You look up at that and you just feel, you feel small and, and God seems so great. Uh, the heavens, they help us appreciate the glory of God. And they also help us appreciate the smallness of me. The smallness of us. Instagram feeds don't do that. They tell you how great you are. They tell you how cool you are, how good looking you are. By the way, one term I just don't like these days is that term influencer. You know, what are you going to be when you grow I'm going to be an influencer when I grow up. Um, I don't like that term uh, because really... Um, I think, the, I think the heavens declare you're not really that influential. You're really not a big deal, okay? Um, and in this world that like worships and idolizes people, we need to remember, more important than that, we need to feel God's greatness in a world that keeps telling us how great people are. Who is the real influencer? The one who spoke all of those stars into existence. The one who, according to Scripture, knows the name of every star in the universe. Isaiah says, chapter 40, look up to the heavens. Who created all the stars? Who did that? He brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. A lot of today's influencers can't even influence themselves to get out of bed, you know, by 9 a.m. And here's God who has created the universe with a word and knows every corner of the universe. Exactly what, none of it goes missing, right? I read the other day, I, 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 sometimes, I like to read stuff by scientists, but sometimes I feel like they're clearly guessing, right? Uh, so I read this. I read there are 200 billion trillion stars. That's the latest count. That sounds like a, just a wild guess to me, but I'll go with it. 200 billion trillion stars spread around the universe. So whenever we look up into the night sky, we're seeing just a little glimpse of this vast universe of stars. Uh, we see our sun, that star we see even during the daytime. And we, need, we love the sun, we need the sun, we also need 
protection from the sun, right? Sunblock, sun filter, sunscreen, uh, ozone layer around the earth, all of this to protect us from our sun. And by the way, our sun is not a particularly strong star, according to astronomers, and not a particularly large star at that. On the other hand, <laughs> when we start taking in the vastness of this universe that God has made, it causes us to marvel at how awesome and creative and powerful he is. And also, yeah, it makes us feel small, but it also incredibly makes us feel valued that he has taken notice of us. The psalmist in Psalm 8 goes from marveling at the glory of the heavens to and you care about me? Psalm 8, when I look at the night sky and I see the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars you set in place, what are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. And so God is so big and so powerful, but yet he cares about you and he cares about me. And so we get grounded in wisdom by the natural world that God has made. These lessons that the sky and nature have to teach us uh, as we consider that bigness, that greatness. Now one footnote, this is probably, probably should be another sermon or maybe a sermon series. And I would just talk about our responsibility to help take care of nature, Okay. Um, it's important, like from the beginning in the book of Genesis, we are to rule over nature. We are to have dominion over nature. That means we are stewards. God made this amazing, beautiful planet that we're on, and we're supposed to take care of it. This is our home for the time being, right? I like what Tim Keller said. He said, the Bible says creation is speaking to you. The stars, the waterfall, the animals, the trees... Uh, they have a voice. They are telling you about the glory of God. <laughs> and it's your job as stewards of creation, as stewards of nature, to make sure they keep speaking. To make sure that their voice doesn't go out. Does that make sense? So let's take care of the world around us. Now, what I want to do is start getting a little, so we, we went big. Let's, let's start it getting smaller and smaller here. Brett McCracken has an interesting thing to say. He says, the more we are disconnected, disconnected from the design of God's world, and we are out of sync with its natural rhythms, the more we are liable to not think of God much or to think that we are God Thus, cutting ourselves off from the chief hope, of, uh, chief hope of wisdom and health. The urbanizing and digitizing of the world are accelerating the problem. So we're getting more disconnected from nature and more out of sync with these natural rhythms. Uh, by the way, in the New Testament, Paul opens his great theological tome of Romans. And he points to nature, the bigness of nature, and then zooms in on us. And apparently, they were having a lot of confusion even about uh, gender identities and roles and, and sexuality, even in Rome in the first century. And so, Paul uses nature to talk to them about who they are and just how 
disconnected from nature, they became so confused and so lost. Um, he speaks about that sexual identity confusion there in Romans 1. In verse, in verse 19 and verse 23, he talks about how human beings have exchanged uh, substituted the glory of God for something less, okay? And we do truly live in, in just kind of interesting times. Um, people now, for the first time, are, are free to choose their own gender. I think that's interesting. Probably other things you could say about that. There are, there's a growth industry in terms of hormone therapies, of surgeries, of, of different medical procedures that you can have done so that your body matches the gender that you have chosen or, or you, you believe you truly have. Um, by the way, I have n- I'm not here to throw haymakers and insult anybody, anything like that. Um, it's hard being human. You know, when I look at a lot of this stuff, I think, man, it's just hard to be human, and there's a lot of struggle going on out there, a lot of confusion and hurt going on. Um, but I would observe this. First chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 27, says God created them male and female. Male and female. Jesus comes along and actually quotes that scripture when he's talking about marriage in Matthew chapter 19, that God created them male and female. And by the way, we're not just talking about um, the reproductive equipment that you were born with. We're talking about you at a cellular level. Interesting. Um, some of the people that have commented on that. But anyway, yeah, there are literally trillions of cells within your body that confirm your gender. Um, I'm pretty sure the Los Angeles Times editorial board would not be amening everything I'm saying here. But I will say this. They had a really interesting title of an article a while back. And so I'm just going to grab their, their article title. It, it went like this. We may live in a post-truth era, but nature does not. We may live in a post-truth era, but nature does not. Our own physical bodies, designed by our Creator, have much truth to teach us, are conveyors of wisdom if we will only lean in, pay attention, and, and listen A liberal feminist, uh, Camille Paglia, uh, even she recognizes the binary nature of our gender from birth. She says, the cold biological truth is that sex changes are impossible. Every single cell of the human body, except for blood, remains coded with one's birth gender for life. Intersex ambiguities can occur, but they are developmental abnormalities that represent a tiny proportion of all human births. And then Brett McCracken, kind of moving back to our cultural moment, uh, I think he makes things clear by pointing out some of the absurdity of the moment that we live in. He says, it is the height of contradiction that vast segments of the pro-environment population who rightly recognize the harm in genetically modified vegetables, inorganic chemical fertilizers, and so forth, they are also advocates for the chemical and surgical modification and manipulation that allow humans to quote-unquote modify their hormones and sexual organs. 
He says such a great line. Surely if, quote, organic is best in strawberries and kale, it's also best in humans. Just saying, let's pay attention to how God made us, folks, and grow wise. Um, We live in an an odd time. I mean, Paul was writing the Romans 2,000 years ago. He could just be as easily writing to us when he said in Romans 1, verse 22, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And the last thing I want to do is disrespect someone or be unloving. Um, And if you're listening to this, you are loved. You are loved by God. You are treasured by God. You are loved by this church. I love you. uh, And I surely hope that uh, you don't feel offended or disrespected. If you do, let's talk. Let's sit down. I want to hear your story. I want to hear about your struggle and and sit down and, and hear what you're going through. But what we're trying to do here in this series is lean in and listen to the voices of wisdom that God has placed around us. Voices, by the way, outside of ourselves. Voices that are not our own voices. And we want to be grounded in Scripture. We want to be grounded in, in the community of faith God has placed around us today. We're talking about the, the, the teachers of wisdom that God has built into the natural world. And, and yeah, we're considering how to pay attention to these voices, to these wisdom teachers. Why? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. So that we can deal in actual reality, not virtual reality so that we can truly see the world as it is and God's plans for us, not our artificial constructs of reality. And I get it. I get it. Uh, Many will opt out, no thanks, to the wisdom journey that I have just laid out. Um, uh, I would just say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. But I believe that wisdom atrophies and withers when I see myself as my own truth producer instead of a wisdom pursuer. If I'm a creator of truth, then I will never be a wise person. But if I'm a pursuer of truth and wisdom, I can grow wise. So whoever you are, God loves you so much. He also loves you too much to leave you the way you are, which is why he sent us a Savior, Jesus. And by the way, when Jesus died on the cross, uh, it wasn't God giving humanity a celestial thumbs up. Great job, humanity. It was God revealing the depth of our lostness, of our sin, of our pride, our confusion, and God revealing how much he loves us and longs to rescue us. Uh, We have people here at this church who are all over the map in terms of their spiritual growth, their spiritual journey. We got uh, committed disciples who've been following Jesus for decades. We have people who are in the middle of that journey. We've got people who are at the beginning of that journey. We have people here today who are still wondering whether they want to start the journey or not, declare Jesus as their Lord or not. Um, wherever you are on that journey, we are glad that you are here, and we pray that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life, giving you wisdom, opening your eyes, drawing you to God and His purposes for you, revealing His love to you. And maybe today, the place you're at on your journey is a place where you're ready to step across the line of faith, 
put on Jesus in baptism as your Lord and Savior and begin this journey with him as your ultimate teacher, friend, and as your Lord. Maybe you just need the prayers of this church. We'd love to pray with you, for you, over you, or someone that you care about. Maybe you want to know more about becoming a member of Preston Crest. We enjoy talking about this church, and we'd love to share with you how you could be part of it. We would love to have you join your journey with ours so that we can grow in faith and favor with the Lord and serve people made in the image of God out in our community. However you need to respond, let's stand together and let's worship God together. In Christ alone, my hope is Here we go. 
again, I want to thank you guys for uh, attending this morning, and I want to thank Gordon for fighting through his serious um, shoulder injury like Emmett Smith did back in the day. And for those who don't know who Emmett Smith is, he was the running back when the Cowboys were relevant. So I just wanted to um, go ahead and throw that out there. All right, since there's no Cowboy game tonight, we invite you back to uh, return at 6 p.m. to hear Gordon begin a new series called Picture This which is a study on the book of Mark and specifically about the stories or parables that Jesus used to teach the people. Before we read together the take-home verse, um, I just want to challenge you to do two things real quick. First, this week, I ask you to pray for the Tell the, conference, uh, Tell the Story conference and for the final preparations and for the impact it's going to have on us and others that come to join uh, and increase our ability to in our evangelistic uh, efforts. Second, if you see someone sitting around you you do not know, just quickly stop and say hello and introduce yourself and find a new friend. So I appreciate you doing that. So if you'll read with me the take-home verse from Psalm 19, 1 through 2, we'll read that together and then we will be dismissed. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. Have a good day.